Greetings, and welcome to an In the Finest Hour hot take for the Dallas GT, featuring Josh and myself. Woohoo! Yeah! We're both exhausted! Hell yes. <laughs> and uh, by myself, I mean Shaylin, because I'm so exhausted I forget to tell people my name. Let's see, uh, let's, let's crack down with the basics here. Let's start with what the event's like. What is the Dallas Open like for a GT? The Dallas Open GT is... It's actually a really awesome event. Um, so it's got 120 people, and actually it was 122, I think, is what showed up day one. Mm-hmm. So it's got really good attendance, and you actually have quite a few of the top-end players uh, uh, nationally that actually play at this event. Mm-hmm. It's got, I mean, just some names people might recognize. You'll see like names like John Camacho or uh, William Abelese, the top Tau player that made the top eight at LVO. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vincent Arroyo, he's made top eight at LVO two or three times in this chaos. Um, uh, John Camacho is the one that made uh, top eight with Necrons a couple of years ago and has played Jeet Circle extensively over the last couple of years. Um, they're all here. Thomas Reddy, or a.k.a. Goat Boy, everyone knows him as Goat Boy, he's here. Um, Nick Rose himself, obviously, is here. Um, awesome. Matt, Matthew Alley, he's actually a really big, kind of a big name down in the, in the Texas area down here. Um, Colin McDade won a couple really couple big events in, in the South areas as well. So I mean, there's a lot of really big names that come out to this event. So uh, David Villarreal actually down from the San Antonio crowd from the Red Star Gaming Group is up here as well. So I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, some really good names, good names in the game, and uh, so it has a really solid field. Yeah. Um, especially with you know 120 people, uh, they're doing basic ITC champion missions. But they're actually using the Nova style terrain. Okay. So it's like trying to play ITC on Nova tables. It's really interesting. Um, I can definitely say I have not had, I've not seen, heard of, or had any issues with uh, any of the players as far as the interaction with the terrain. They they were very clear at the beginning of the event in their packet of this is how the terrain acts, this is how it works, this is how it interacts. Done. And I have not seen or heard of any issues with that so far the entire day one. So that was really cool to see. That is excellent. Um, the only event where I had that sort of wonderfulness was at the Boise Cup, and that was because each table had a sheet that defined what the terrain did on it. All right. I've, I've actually seen a couple events that I love that. It's basically if the TOs tell you what the terrain does, the players don't argue over it. Exactly. Which really, truly, I mean, 90% of those arguments arise from, you know, miscommunication, misunderstanding. Like, I thought it was this, you thought it was this, and that's what causes the argument. Yeah, or you forget to define it because you're trying to go quickly, and it's like this one little thing. Is this a barrier, or is it a crater? Because those are very different. Which is funny, because that's like the first, that's like the first rule, like, step number one in every player packet in every tournament I've ever been to is define terrain with your opponent. And that is the one thing more people than any skip. Yeah. And it causes problems just because of that. So, yes, yeah, so I 100% agree. It's weird how that works. Yeah, you, you got to do that step thoroughly. Um, I'm going to take a quick pause and disrupt you for just a moment, Josh, here, because I'd like to tell our international is- listeners that Texas is, while it's in the south of the U.S., it's actually very centrally located across the country. This is why you're going to get the combination of East Coast and West Coast U.S. players in the venue. Yes, yes, very much. It's it's a it's a central access point. A lot of the uh, better players in the East Coast will come to it. A lot of better players in the West Coast will come to it because it's an easier access for them. And also, flying in and out of Dallas is cheaper for most people. So cheap, you know, airplanes like flying to Dallas is great. 
And on top of that, recently, there's now the new Warhammer Citadel that opened up in Dallas, which is pretty much the very first Forge World store, GW Forge World store, in the United States. It's right here in Dallas. Yeah. Literally like 10, 10 minutes from the venue. Excellent. So, yeah, no, there's a lot of really exciting stuff down there. Um, also, there's a lot of groups like the Bell of Lost Souls is located out of Texas somewhere. I don't remember. Yep. But... Uh, there, there's a lot. There's actually a surprisingly huge nerd community down in Texas. It is actually really big. So, so that was a pretty good synopsis of the event. Um, let's see. Uh, let's get on to the the juicy bits. Uh, oh, right. Who uh, of of those names you were just casually dropping for fun or whatever? Who's out of the running now? Who's lost a game? Who is out of the running? Okay, so. Uh, John Camacho lost his round two, which was a really, really bad beat. Uh, he was running G-Circle, and he happened to draw a Dark Eldar army that had 14 Venoms. That sounds problematic. And that's just a really, really hard matchup for his army. And so he struggled. He gave it a fight. Oh, man, he gave it a fight. But he just he just couldn't overcome the Venoms. So he ended up getting knocked out that round, which was rough. Uh, Vincent Arroyo uh, with his Chaos, he got knocked out as well. Let me see. Trying to think a couple other names. Uh, uh, Thomas Reddy, Go, uh, Go Boy, got knocked out in round three. Uh, John Lennon got knocked out in round three. Will Ivy got knocked out in round three. Uh, round three was a very telling round. Mm-hmm. And one other name that those may, uh, those listeners may know, uh, that got knocked out round three as well was me. Ah. Um, I pulled a, I, I actually had to refight. I swear I'm going to have PTSD from this army. Uh, I had to refight the Alex Harrison list. Oh God. From LVO. And it was literally direct copy. The guy, the guy even said, he's like, just let you know, it's literally a direct copy of the list. <laughs> it's like, oh, well that makes things easy. I remember it. It was painful. <laughs> and so I had to fight that list. And I, I presume he knew what he was doing with it, unlike some people who copy it. And he was actually a young kid. Like I don't know how old the kid was. Uh, some somewhere between sixteen and nineteen. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know his age. I don't want to presume. It's his name is Philip Philip Jungins. Uh, he's a local down here that I know of. But a young kid. I you guys. I, I'm saying it now. His name is Philip. J U N G H A N S. So I may have butchered his last name. That's why I wanted to spell it. But I'm saying it, I'm saying it now, people in the community, you need to watch this kid's name, because this kid's going to go places, he's going to come up, because he played a really, really great game of 40k, wound up literally coming down six full turns, 28 to 25. Dang, that's beautiful. Yes, six full turns, I almost boosted him twice. Nice. And so, it was, it was a brutal back-and-forth game the whole way. And, you know, the best part, the truly best part about the game for me was, you know, it was it was obviously competitive. You know, we both wanted to win. We were both fighting for it the whole way. But there was, I'd say, easily a half dozen times on both sides, his and mine, where we're like, you know, things are a little tight. Like, you know, he's measuring this. He's trying to measure who's closer, this character, or this unit on one of my guys. And it's so close. I'm like, you know what, dude, just take it because... I don't want to end up winning that way if that's how I win. So just take, you know, take the shots of the character because you want. And there's equally as many times on his. It's like, no, no, you're totally in. I understand what you're going for, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was just back and forth. Intention play. Yes, exactly. 100% playing by intent and, and playing open and straightforward and honest. 
Time wasn't even an issue. We went full six turns and had 20 minutes left each on our clocks. Excellent. <clears throat> you know, it was it was very back and forth, very open, very talking, very, you know, at no point, even though I'm running a gene circle list, which is kind of a gotcha list, you know, there wasn't any of their, you know, feel bad moments in there, you know, and it just was a great game. The kid played a phenomenal game. I played my ass off. It was just a great game all the way through. And so I, I, I got to give him props. And I want to say it now to the community. You guys get me to watch this kid because this kid's going to You're going to see his name popping up more. I really think so. Um, Excellent. But other than that, I mean, a couple really big names still in the top. Andrew Ford. I can't even forget. I forgot to mention Andrew Ford. Andrew Ford is sitting in the literally top spot right now. Excellent. Matt Alley is still sitting up in the top. Mick Rose is tied for fourth place. So he's going in the distance right now. Um, so there's there's some... I, I was going to say, I think Nick's finally playing an army that has gas. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he finally got his flex. <laughs> he was happy as a plan to get that. Um, and then, of course, William Adley, BJ, my buddy BJ from uh, the LVO, the top player that everyone knows the top player to be in the top eight. He's still in it, coming in 3-0, tying, coming in for 13th place. So I'm, I'm hoping he has a shot. Nice. I'd love to see him walk away with this with Todd. It'd be awesome. So some really good names still up in the running, uh, and they, they do a really good prize breakdown here for, like, you know, Renaissance Man and Best Overall and stuff. So you might still see some, some of those names kind of popping up towards the top. That'd be really cool to see. Yeah. Um, we actually rolled out, we rolled out our, this is our debut launch for the Enclave Wargaming at this event. We have our own booth. We have our own booth and table, which has been exceptionally well received by the community. It's been really awesome to see. Um, so that was really cool to see. Uh, so I'm going to stop you a moment, Josh, and I'm going to invite you to take some pictures of the booth and post them on our Facebook so people can see them. Oh, that's a great idea. Thank you. Yes. I'll do that tomorrow. That's a brilliant idea. Oh, I didn't think about that. Because you're tired. I am exhausted. You are correct. And I want to see what this looks like, so I was going to ask you to take pictures anyways. For sure, for sure. What else? Uh, oh, one of my favorite parts. One of my favorite parts of this event. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I am going to say, this is my favorite part of this event so far. 120 players, right? Yep. You got some big names in this event. It's not like they're little names in this event. Some big fish in this pond here. Yeah. All right. And some of these names, some of these names, not just mine either, some of these names kind of have some some uh, drama attached to some of them in our community, you know? I'm not, I'm not you know, I'm not trying to, to throw shade or cash shade or anything, but just it is what it is. It's reality of the situation. Some of these names, mine included. I was going to comment that I, my observation is that the longer you're in the community, the probability you've been a part of community drama increases statistically by... It increases dramatically, yes. By just math. That's that's one of the, that's one of the problems I, I run into is the fact that I travel to so many different events and I go I'm all over the place and unfortunately I'm in the middle of it I'm in the middle of it quite often whether I want to be or not and but the one thing I'll say the names of this event the awesomeness event the 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 massive prize support and all that that they've already got going to this event uh-huh. and there has not been a snippet of anything that I've heard out of anybody yeah. No major issues, no rules this, no list that, no someone's cheating or flubbing this. I have not heard a damn thing. That's beautiful. And I got to give massive credit and props to the TOs and, uh, and the judging staff. They've got active judging, just like they do at the LVO. Guys are walking around, actively watching tables. Judges are responsive, they're communicative. The TOs were very upfront and honest. Are they using the ITC card system? They are. Full code of conduct system in play. And they are using it. And they're doing, oh, dude, it's phenomenal. They, everything is very clear. They're very open, you know, telling everything what the expectations were from the get-go. Great job. Uh, massive kudos to the TO staff and, and to the judging staff. 
you know, this is something I'm, I'm going to really start researching and looking at is when big events use the conduct, what happens to the drama levels? Yeah. And it's pretty obvious. Uh, because if big events are using it and the drama levels keep being next to nothing, I'm sorry, guys, we got to do it. The proof's in the pudding, right? I mean, that, that's kind of what it is. Like, whether you, whether you agree with the method it's being implemented or how it's being done or the reasons or whatever, any of that doesn't really matter at the end of the day. You've got these big events where they're using the code of conduct, and you have these other big events where they're not using the code of conduct. All these big events that are seem to have dramatically less drama and bullshit around them, and then the ones that aren't are stifled in drama. It's, it's a pretty easy connection. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to connect the dots here. It's pretty obvious the result. You know, The ones that use it aren't the issue. And it's just like what Frontline was saying when they rolled this thing out. It's not even like a, a punitive system. Yeah. It's more of a preventive system because people are like, oh, okay, it's there. So I have my expectations. I know what I can and can't do. And it just kind of just lets everyone fall in line. They know the expectations. I, I'm going to be honest. As someone who doesn't, like, unconsciously pick up the social contract and I had to be taught it, I'm going to say something right now. People who unconsciously pick it up mess that up so often. And you should just write it down and agree. It's so much easier. Yep, Exactly. It is, dramatically. And so that's, I, I will admit. I, and I will just summarize the ITC social contract for you. Don't be a dickbag. Don't be a dick. Exactly. This is really not complicated, but it's amazingly how hard that is for some people. Wheaton's Law. That's what they called it at the start of the tournament today. Uh -huh. They called it Wheaton's Law. Don't be a dick. There you go. So massive, massive kudos to the event itself. So really happy about that. That sounds fantastic. So we'll, we'll cap this episode off with one quick question, and that is, mm -hmm. what advice would you give to someone who intends to attend this event in the future? Um, two, two, two pieces. It's kind of a twofold, twofold answer on that. First one, okay. make sure, and I, and I would say this not just for this event, but every event you go to, make sure, heads, hands down, make sure you go to the website of the event yep. and look at the rules that they're using for the event, because every event's slightly different. Like, example, they have... They have preset terrain and how the trains interacted, and that was all been on the website. So if anyone was like, oh, I didn't know it was like that, it's been very clear on the website since day one. They're very clear about it. So this is read the packet in advance? Yeah, yeah, because they put it all out there. And most of these, most of these big events now have all the stuff on the, on their, on the webpage. Most of the time it's all right there. How they're doing scoring, how they're doing list submission. Is list submitted required? Is there, you know... Do you get a yellow target if it's not submitted on time? It's all right there. Mm -hmm. So the big thing that I highly recommend any event you go to, especially if you're traveling outside your local area, because obviously in your local, you're kind of used to the format and how things go. And you already know the answers to all those questions. Exactly. In your local one, you don't. You start traveling, they may do things a little different than you're used to, and the last thing you want is get to an event and be like, oh, shit, that's how you do it here? That's not what I was used to. I just lost a game because I was unaware of that, and I went halfway through my turn and couldn't take it back. Exactly. Yes. And had you known ahead of time and taken the time to look at that, I mean, it's no different than reading a codex. You take an extra five minutes to look at the website on your way in or whatever, while you're sitting at the airport or riding in the car or whatever. So jump on the website and look if there's any additional rules, scenarios, missions, FAQs, whatever. Look for that stuff, number one. Yeah. Number two, highly recommend it, and I recommend especially to come out to this event specifically. This event is in Dallas, Texas. Mm -hmm. If you've never gotten to go to Texas, one thing Texas is very well known for is their food. Oh, yeah. Dallas especially. We just got done. We decided we went to a, a saltgrass steakhouse where we just went to dinner tonight, and let me tell you, it was out of this world. 
truly amazing, phenomenal food. Food and beer. Those are the two things they've got really now done right here. And that's what I recommend going when you come to this event especially. Try some of the local cuisine. And it's kind of like I said, kind of a two-part answer. Mm-hmm. Any event. If you travel to an event, don't just go to McDonald's. Here. It's easier. And I know a lot of people are like, you know, it's easy. I'm tired. I just want to go get something to eat and then just go back to the hotel. Open up Google and search food near me. Yes. You know one of my, you know one of my best things to do? And I recommend this heavily. You're always going to have some locals at the event. People that live there, that are from there. Meet them. Ask them. Ask where, yes. yes. It's a it's a win-win for you because you get to meet someone new that you probably didn't have a conversation with. Gives you something to talk about. Shake the hand, chat a bit, get to know them a little. God, maybe you got lucky and you get to play against one of them in one of your rounds, day one. Yep. And, you know, hey, hey, you know, I wanted to try something local. What do, what do you recommend? And I, I mean, 90% of people, I mean, if they're even remotely social and we're playing a social game, so yeah. some, a lot of them are, they're going to be like, hey, you know, this place is really awesome. You should go check it out. Nine times out of ten, they're pretty solid because they are, I mean, they live there. They know what's good and what's not. And it really gives you that opportunity. Also, they eat there. Exactly. They eat there. They know what's good. Uh, I will warn some people, though. Um, the women in my family have an allergy to artificial hormones, especially in dairy products. Know what your sensitivities are before walking into local cuisine, because oh, yeah. uh, if I drink the milk in Texas, I can make myself really sick. Straight up, yeah. Yeah, definitely. If you have like allergies or any of that stuff or any sensitivities, make sure you know that ahead of time before you check the place out. Even so much as just walking the door and ask ahead of time, you know, just save yourself the headache. But yeah, it's that's the best recommendation I get. Those two right there. You you, you get you do those. You go to the event. You read the website. Check out the rules, the FAQs, any rules you need to be aware of. Yeah. And secondly, try some local food. Don't just go to a fast food. Don't 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 just order pizza. Find someplace local and really experience it because that's kind of the half the joy of doing traveling to the events. I, I'm going to disrupt you. Sean and I are very fond of getting local pizza. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, exactly. When I said order pizza, I'm, not t- I'm talking like Domino's or pizza or something. No, but local pizzerias. So, oh. mm. so, so the reason why we do local pizza, and this is just a, a thing he and I have done over years of traveling and me accidentally buying a pizza for lunch one time and discovering how amazing this idea was, is we'll buy pizza for dinner one night and that'll be our lunch the next day. Heck, yeah. So one large pizza has fed me and Sean for four, for effectively it feeds four meals. So we split it that way, and it works great. That's how you do it. That's how it's done right there. Yeah, I know. Works beautifully. This is how Sean and I save money going to tournaments, is we do stupid little stuff like this all the time. But we always go for local food because, yeah. Yeah, you want to try something else. Exactly. And and Texas barbecue, man. Oh, dude. That's one of my boys that the brisket, a brisket burger for dinner. It looks so good. That is the Dallas Open in a nutshell, and uh, I definitely recommend anyone has the opportunity to, to head on down and get a chance to look at it next year. They run a really solid event down here. Highly recommend. Sounds like an excellent, well-oiled machine. Um, good luck in your next set of rounds, Josh. I hope maybe you walk away with Renaissance Man or something. For I know sure. your armies are almost always meticulously painted, so we'll see. Here's open. Both of us need to see to our beds, so we'll be logging off now. Uh, if you'd like to email us or contact us on Facebook, you may do so at InTheFinestHour at Gmail and Facebook, respectively. Cheers! Cheers, folks.